when you set to, to make your plan to head out to the lease, what, what's the kind of checklist of things that you're like, all right, I need to accomplish X, Y, Z when I'm heading out there. Like what's the process that, that you go through to, to make sure you maximize your time while you're at the farm? This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild podcast. This is episode number 219. Hey, you have an accent there. I did. After our Yee Yee uh, podcast <laughs> we did last week, I'm embracing it. I enjoyed that podcast. That was awesome. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. And I've been listening to Yee Yee Radio for the past week, and it's solid. Like, the playlist is... And there's some newer country in there that I probably wouldn't have been exposed to had I not downloaded it, and it's not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's what a pretty, a it's a pretty strong endorsement for someone that doesn't like their playlist doesn't go past 1999. Yes, that is Tim. You said it all there. Well, what can <laughs> said, I say said a lot about yourself? <laughs> a lot of good things, no doubt. Yes, uh, we should say you're Tim Chelsvik, and you are Matt Drury. And of this, course, this is powered by Deercast. Of course. All right, and we should say that we have a new way for people to engage with us we if do? they choose. I don't even know it. Let's hear it. The Facebook group. Oh, that's right. I did know it. You could be a part of. And I'm, when I say you, Matt, I don't mean you. I mean, collectively, the listeners. The bigger you. They could be a part of the 100% Wild podcast crew. And it's easy. And it doesn't cost anything. Mm. You just, just go like to the, the podcast. 100% Wild podcast crew and click uh, join. And there's some membership questions in there. We want to make sure we don't let all the riffraff in. Like, it's got to be legit listeners. <laughs> I want, if you're listening to this now, I just want you to come into that Facebook group and troll Tim. And we don't really need that. We've got a couple guys that Please. seem to have taken up that mantle. So we need some people that, you know, are reasonable, don't like you. Uh, They're going to add some. Well, yeah. So in general, it's going to be fun. We're going to shoot the breeze in there. I don't want to get my hand slapped by any moms out there listening. Well, already I, I put a video in there Sunday night and. It was filmed here on the set. And it was like, hey, working tell on a us Sunday, huh? To, well, I mean, what can I have <laughs> devoted to my craft? <laughs> I said, uh, you know, give us some ideas because we do want ideas for topics and guests and stuff like that. Uh, but then there's a little Easter egg at the end. I saw it. So if you I, haven't yet seen, go to the 100% Wild Podcast Crew Facebook page. Speaking of Yee Yee, you went on there and left a video <laughs> in, <laughs> on my tractor. On your tractor. Yes. with a lawnmower and your bibs. It's a tractor. I mean, <laughs> I guess <laughs> it's more of a tractor than any tractor I got. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, I'm a big boy. Uh, and your Yee Yee bibs. So I thought that was funny and I thought it was funny that you had uh, yee yee bibs. <laughs> yeah, well, what can I say? I've owned them for a lot. Handy. I've been yee yee for a long time. And I don't think it's a stretch. Your shirt was off, which, you know, I saw one of our buddies, Randy, making fun of you in a post because your shirt was actually on. I don't on. like Randy. <laughs> I don't like that guy at all. He had a point. <laughs> right. You lose a couple pounds. All, all of a sudden, sudden it's Mr. Shirt, shirt Free Wednesday. Now, I think if you're going to leave your shirt off like through deer season into the winter, that's <laughs> when I know if you're a real I'm gonna man. I'm going to take the camo grease paint and just just yeah. paint a shirt on yeah. for who, me. Who needs camo? <laughs> I got it. Is it chilly out here? here <laughs> nipples say yes <laughs> how about we uh so we've got rick malik on we'll 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 have rick on in just a minute here we've got some shout outs to get through but right. if folks are interested in like if you don't live next to your property if you've got some traveling to do like if you're remotely kind of handling affairs on your property rick is the guy because he doesn't live right next door and 
You know, the good part about Rick, Rick's been with us a long, long time. He's one of the longest Dream Outdoors team members. He's been through the gamut of the dream season reality show mm-hmm. onto the Bow Madness cast. And so it, it'll be fun. Rick's a very sharp guy and he's been doing doing it well for a long time. Great producer. So I look forward to jumping into that. And in we second. should also say this is his podcast premiere. Yeah. Like he knows more about hunting then podcast they're probably you and i combined (laughs) well that's not hard (laughs) and uh and so i'm excited that this is his first his debut into podcast all right so let's get into these shout outs k bear on the apple podcast he said this is not a podcast it is nothing more than a commercial for 30 minutes well i should also mention the shout outs are brought to you by land lakes margin So which podcast is he referring to? It could be any number. It, it, it's it's unknowable. Hmm. You know, when I first started this podcast with Mark Kenyon years ago, he did this thing. He sent out like a survey to his audience because mm-hmm. he sure. had a big audience to begin with. Which we also have. Now. Mm. And so he sent out the survey and uh, a guy just ripped me for several things. But one of the guys ripping me was about how I couldn't say just trail camera. It was always Reconyx camera. I couldn't say just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a box blind. I said my muddy bo- box blind. There was always those things. And it's like, hell, I don't even know I'm talking that way. Like that's just- that's how you've grown up. Literally have been filming. I've never hunted off camera. <laughs> so uh-huh. sorry, guys. Blood. Yeah. Sorry if it's a 30 second commercial. Get the hell out of <laughs> Well, some of our shows are more, like, like if we have a CEO on from a company, we're probably going to talk about whatever- Their product. Th- they're doing, <laughs> yeah. Um, but 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 not, not every show is like that. And- and, and, and hopefully they're organic conversations, but it, it's interesting to hear that. So, Kay Bear, you snuck it in there, but I wouldn't have been so kind with you if I would have picked the shout outs for today. You stinker. Uh, excuse my language. I shouldn't. <laughs> yes. Let's, can we just cut that I out? I need a post? bleep uh, sound effect, yeah. Alan. Yeah, right. we do. Um, Mark LeCount on DeerCast. Mark is a, is a super podcaster. Uh, another podcast straddling, straddling the line of greatness. This is uh, in regards to the Yee show. That's what I thought. Great stuff, Matt and Tim. We're loving it. And God bless the Yee Yee. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Well, thank you, Mark. And K-Bear, you can suck it. <laughs> yeah. Mark is going to fight K-Bear. That's, that would be great. Street fight. On DeerCast. <laughs> It'll be televised. <laughs> Speaking of on DeerCast, we've got some news articles that have gone up. Uh, one is that there's uh, New Jersey hunters have fought back against some legislation that sought to outlaw wildlife competitions. <laughs> nice job, New, New Jersey, Jersey hunters. And that's so important because if, if you set case precedent in one state, yeah. it's just a rolling, it's a domino effect in other states. And this is kind of what the guys over at Blood Origins, they are champions of this type of, of fight, quote unquote, back. You yep. know, because advocacy. We, we don't do a great job of helping ourselves. And literally every industry that's against us has tons of money behind it. And we just don't really have mm-hmm. that. So yeah. it's nice to get a little win here and there. Yeah, because because uh, not only was it like hunting competitions like Quest Hunt Co, but also like your local VFW hosting a squirrel yeah. competition in yeah. the fall. And there's you know in the Midwest, you know in the South, there's a lot of you know dog uh, competition like like you know for coyotes or coons or yeah you know yeah, predator hunts. Yeah, yeah, so I mean it's important that these are traditions that can live on and we got to fight for them. Yep. 
hundred percent. And then Wild. also a, a little, a little bit of hope for uh, the fight against CWD. And there's some lab work that's shown that there's a protein that can potentially block the transmission of CWD. The question really becomes, is the treatment, like the uh, deployment of the cure, feasible, ethical, all those? Uh, that's you know. the tough part. And I, I mean, the guys over analogics, I mean, they, they told us years ago when we teamed up with them that, that, you know, there could be potentially something that you could fight this. Is this another ad of yours? <laughs> yes, it is. Jeez. It's weird because only people I know built are it in. industry partners. That's weird. <laughs> so anyways, there's the hard part is like you said, administrating these things. It's like you'd literally almost have to inject every tear. Yeah. In, in concept, in the lab, it, it shows promise. Yeah. But, uh, but so that's an interesting one. Go check it out on DeerCast yeah. for yeah. a little more details. And now the real reason people tuned in. And if Rick, you're still there, I'm sorry. It took so long to have you on, but <laughs> welcome What's up, guys? to your first I, podcast. Yeah. How do I enter my premiere podcast with a yee yee? I don't know how to follow that, Tim, but <laughs> Great to be here. Great to see you guys. Well, here's how you follow it. Let me see. Let me see. Where's the sound effect? Where's the sound effect? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all you got to do. <laughs> there there yep. you go. And Rick is on the road traveling for work. I would love to hear him screaming yee yee in the hotel. <laughs> People wonder <laughs> what's happening in that room right now. Uh, but but I'm, uh, I'm also referring to you as Papa Wheelie because you are Mr. E-Bike. Like, <laughs> like Rick is using his E-Bike all over his property. He's the perfect case in point of a guy that needs one. <laughs> yeah. He's got big rolling hills. He's old and he needs. Yeah. I was waiting for that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome. You know, I've, you know, I've bugged Matt forever about us uh, partnering up with an e-bike sponsor and was so excited to hear when we partner with Rogue Ridge because you're right. You know, my property's in Eastern Ohio. It's hour and 20 minutes away from Lake West Pennsylvania and, uh, you know, pressures, pressures tough over in that area. So getting that bike was a game changer. So you used it for Turkey season too, right? I did. Yeah. I used it quite a bit this spring and, uh, man, I can't imagine not having that. I mean, to be able to just, you know, haul all your gear in and, you know, we, we've got camera gear, uh, as well. And to just be able to get in silently and, uh, set up anywhere I wanted move quickly. I mean, it was truly a game changer. They're, they're just a lot of fun too. Yeah. They're actually pretty fast. So mm -hmm. be ready for that part. Yep. You can hurt yourself if you, you can. Like, Mark has done it. Uh, we, we need the video. Of that. Mark's not an e-bike master. <laughs> He's a Padawan. <laughs> Still learning. You see like, like the, the tactic cam footage. It was mounted on his bike. And yeah. Hear the bleeping. Yes. Mark fell over. <laughs> so how do you intend to use that for maybe your, uh, your scouting, your prep for deer season? in the summer? Yeah, well, really kind of already started, um, you know, obviously getting all the cameras out, uh, super easy to get in, silent, you know, no scent, pop cameras up, check cameras, um, getting ready to head out later this week with uh, some analogic minerals and uh, going to be refreshing some mineral sites. So we're going to run and put a, put a rack on the back of that bike. And uh, it's amazing how much I can carry on that thing and not pedal. 
Yeah. So uh, not that I don't need to pedal, but, uh, <laughs> and I do, but, um, you know, just running cameras and minerals at this point and uh, being able to get in and check, uh, you know, spots and areas to, to maybe get into some new sets, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just, I take it over every single time I go. So when you, when you plan a trip like this, you like, how, how far away is your house from your lease? It's about an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. So it's not horrible, but it's enough of a, it's enough of a distance that you're not going every day. You're not going every weekend. Like you're trying to, and I know, you know, just with work and, and family, you're a busy guy anyway. So backtracking here, when you set to, to make your plan to head out to the lease, what, what's the kind of checklist of things that you're like, all right, I need to accomplish X, Y, Z when I'm heading out there. Like what's the process that, that you go through to, to make sure you maximize your time while you're at the farm? Yeah. You know, so um, I, I shared the lease with two other guys, right? One of them now lives in Georgia. So really just two of us are local, you know, so we do a lot of planning together and, um, you know, it's about 500 acres, but just the way it lays, you know, first of all, it's all timber. Mm-hmm. there's it, just a couple small food plots that we have on it. So that creates a, a big challenge in and of itself. Um, not just how you hunt it, but access, right? I mean, so, you know, we try to plan full days when we're going over there and really starting very, very early in the year to ensure we're checking stands, pulling stands, putting new stands up. And literally we sit down and have a planning meeting uh, of what we're going to accomplish and how many days we think it's going to take. And we like to get that all done very early. So we're keeping pressure as low as possible. So, you know, we'll pick days like, you know, coming up here later this week. I mean, I've got a pallet of analogics coming and that's all we're going to do. We're going to run to both sides of our place and, and uh, we can supplemental feed in Ohio year round. You know, it's something we do to, to hold deer and, and we don't have the big food plots. So to provide some of the nutrition. So we'll, we'll make that a day and to put in a couple water tanks as well. And then we'll start on stand work. You know, what are we going to pull? What are we going to hang new? We get all that stuff done blinds early and we try to be pretty much done other than, you know, refeeding and, and running cameras um, pretty much from August on. So that's, that's the plan typically. You know, because it is, you know, it's three hours round trip. You got to load up, get over there, you know, do your thing and head back home. And you're right. we got family and uh, and jobs. So you have to make those days count. So when you get into the season, then, you know, I, I don't know how often you get over to the property, probably not as much as you'd like to, but what style of hunting is it, you know, I'm sure tree stands, are you saying it's timber? I mean, or is it big rolling? It's big rolling terrain, big right? Rolling, yeah. It, it is, you know, so on, on really three sides of, of the property, you know, the boundaries are very, very steep. One side drops down to a big lake um, and, um, you know, really can only access the property on the west side. So that's one of the biggest challenges, you know, especially when you've got, you know, three guys in there hunting, ac- accessing really from one point, even though you spread out quickly, um, you know, you can easily overpressure that property. That's one of the biggest challenges. So, you know, but typically, you know, I'm in the med- Midwest too in November. So I, I roll out of there, but don't get over there as much as I want to be. We just coordinate um, very closely who's going where and how often we do that. I, I love the tools that people use to plan with. Like I've got a Google sheet with my different properties, 
the objectives I have for them and the equipment I need. Rick, I'm curious, do you like what kind of planning tools do you use if maybe it's a notepad or whatever? Yeah, no, I mean, we typically will sit down and, uh, you know, I have a big spreadsheet of where all our sets are, you know, when they were hung, um, new sets that we want to put up. We literally, we meet at the Malik pub um, and, uh, and have a nice planning session. And it's a, it's a who and by when, okay. right? Who owns it and, and by when. And, um, and that's key. And, and then obviously there's investments, right? What investments are we going to make on an annual basis? So we try to plan that right at the end of, of the season And Ohio runs all the way to the beginning of February. Mm. So, um, you can literally bow hunt from late September to, to early February. So we just try to do those investment decisions early yeah. and divide up those costs, get all that stuff ordered. And, um, and then really just a who by when, right. Okay. Cause we all can't be there at the same time. Sure. So are there in the surrounding areas, is it, is there any ag or is it all timber? It's just one giant, you know, area that's full timber. Good question. You know, this forest. is truly forest. Eastern Ohio. What? You know, it's it's Eastern Ohio, literally across across the Ohio River, and in, in you know, it's the county we're hunting right there. So it, there's not a lot of ag. There's some, right? You know, one of the benefits we had is the bordering farm um, was sold uh, actually to two different people, and they've um, really invested into food plots and um, grain crops and management. So that's really helped us. Um, you know, from that perspective, but you really need to get a little further west into Ohio to really get into that big ag country, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. And, you know, and I'd love to find a lease a little further in as well, but, you know, the further you get in, you know, the more challenges it creates and how often you get there. Cause once you drive three or four hours, you know, you might as well drive to Iowa because you're gone. <laughs> right? sure. so, there's no turning around that same day and coming home. You know, Rick, I'm, I'm always interested because a lot of our team members hunt primarily ag or a, a mix of type of, of, uh, of hunting ground, ag and timber. Most of my hunts happen in the timber and I'm always, I'm always challenged with scouting because I can't go sit on a gravel road and glass a bean field. I, I, it's, it's so much more difficult. How do you handle scouting preseason? You know, it is a big challenge, Tim. Um, especially when you have that all, all timber kind of ground, you sell cameras are your friends, right? I mean, that's, we, we run a ton of them in our, you know, trail cameras in general, you know, so we've got our reconics all over that place. And, you know, we're challenged from cell camera service perspective mm-hmm. on a lot of the ground. Um, but, you know, also we've been strategic about where we put our supplemented feeding stations, where those cameras will work. It gives us a nice inventory, um, because the biggest thing is we want to minimize the amount of time that we're spending back in there, um, for sure. And, you know, I do a lot of postseason scouting that road bridge. I mean, I, I was thought I was going to run the tires off of it. Um, and I almost needed to order some skis for it. There had some interesting rides in the, in the snow, um, really just spending a lot of time between February and in, into Turkey season, trying to learn as much as possible. You know, mm-hmm. we just try to minimize as much, you know, intrusion that we do, you know, once season rolls around. So trail cameras, those feeding stations, we're trying to use that type of MRI um, and, and just balance how much, you know, we put boots on the ground. So when you, when you're putting out stands and you're figuring out your approach for what, 
the hunting is going to look like during the season. I mean, are you, are you honing in on pinch points or you're trying to find trails? I mean, is there a bedroom, you know, on the, on the property that you're looking for? What's, you know, what are you honing in on to know where you're going to hang your sets at? Yeah, it's a unique piece of property. One thing is we've got a huge thicket um, on, on sort of the Western side of it. And it is just a, you know, a massive bedding area. We stay out of it. We treat it as a sanctuary. We've killed, you know, pretty much all of our really big deer, not far from, from that thicket in the rut. So we're, we can set up on all sides of that. And, and a unique thing, and Matt, you and I've talked about this in the past, um, you know, we haven't really shot a lot in the last four or five years because four years ago we were slammed with the EHD massively. And to compound that, the land, the landowners decided to do a select cut timbering that started in October. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was just it, a good thing, bad thing, just from a timbering perspective, because long-term that really does improve the habitat. But what it did is it changed that property immensely. That thicket got thicker and we got a lot more of those. We got a lot more access roads. So we, we had to kind of spend the last few years relearning it. Um, but, you know, long-term it's created a lot of, you know, secondary growth. So we're, we're hunting a lot on those bedding covers as well. It's got some nice transition areas um, with big mature pines that transition to hardwoods. Mm. And those deer really use that, you know, now there's a lot of logging roads kind of in those transition zones. So if we've set up on those travel corridors and, um, you know, we do have a couple small food plots that, that we definitely have blinds and stands set up on, um, you know, and to your point, just finding those inner funnels has been key. And, and in those inner funnels of that property is where we killed all, all of the big deer on Okay. What are the things that, that end up biting you like year after year? you never have enough time for, it's never quite the way you want it to be. It just like, what are the reoccurring themes in your prep process? Yeah. I mean, let's, let's face it. Time is the most valuable asset we have, right. And with work and kids and if we just can't get there as often as we'd like um, for sure. And um, so, you know, I think that, you know, I'd love, you know, if I owned it, you know, first thing I'd get is the bulldozer in there and, and, you know, and open that all up, but, you know, it's really getting the time, you know, to be over there and to do the work you want early enough and frequently enough, mm -hmm. you know, and then I think you know, the other biggest challenge, and it's not really a prep thing, but, you know, when you got three guys hunting a, a property, as you get into November, late November, regardless of how smart you're hunting it, I mean, th that's a lot of pressure, especially as you, you know, bring into the factor of, you know, the hunting and the surrounding uh, farms that border it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can become pressured um, very quickly. Yeah. Tim, you seem stressed. Well, I'm thinking about all the things that I have yet to do and how it's basically all of them time. Yeah. Yeah. Same this, thing. this weekend it starts like I'm getting a crew of buddies together and we're going to, we're going to go out and hopefully tackle like at least one property, maybe a second property yeah. and feed the guys and get feed them some the drinks and well, that too. Rick, I want to backtrack. Oh, go ahead. I would just say one other big challenge is, you know, it, it, there's logging road structure through it, but to the point I was giving you, it's steep. There's a lot of just steep parts to it. So I'd love to have some big muddy, you know, 
bull, bull lines up and uh, there's just no way to get it in. You know, we don't have any structures there, no equipment other than just basically ATVs. Mm. Um, and so we've got to, it's all manual labor. It's not like we're going to take, you know, our tractor back in there and set up a nice big box blind. So it all has to be done by hand. Manual. That's why it's deer hunting. That's why his biceps are Look so Look at big. his arms. <laughs> my, my right. lord. <laughs> hey, Rick. Oh, oh, poor Rick. <laughs> I, I want to backtrack. So, you know, what you've been with us 20-something years probably? Yeah, since about 1998, I Holy think. Holy cow. Yeah. So... You know, you were on Dream Season with Greg Day. What was that Dream Season? One. One, yeah. The the one with Odell and Reisner and Eric Boothin, Jason Irish. I'm trying to think who else was on that year. Frank. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, yep. And there were, that was such an interesting... We've talked about it. Like, we've had JJ and Kyle on before. We've had Dave and John on before. Like, it's fun to kind of go back and think about some of the early days and, and hell. So, by that point, you'd have been with us four or five years when we did... When we would have done the first dream season. I think it was 04 is when it aired. Yeah. Uh, looking back on that, what, what are some of the favorite, like, memories or stories that you have from... From the the good old days that we can talk about, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a you know, that was you know that was an interesting time just in general, right? It was our foray into to television, and uh, we I think we were building a plane as we were trying to fly it, yeah, uh, right. Still doing and, that. and how to produce it, you know. I, I just you look back at this team, this family, you know, it, it truly is all those times, you know, not so much when you're out there in a tree, we loved it, especially dream season, right? Because all those crews went out at the same time. And, you know, even though it was a competition, right, it was just really cool to have us all together one time on those hunts, but it was all the fun times at night, you know, and uh, hanging out with all those guys that, you know, really at that point in time, you know, I just really kind of knew from TV or from, you know, videos, what have you, and, and to be a part of it, you know, but you, you think about the journey that not only the, you know, the DOD family we have now, but look at how many have, have branched off and, and, you know, are still out there in the industry. It all started with jury outdoors, you know? So I felt blessed just to be a part of the family and all those times together. It, you know, it's rare when we actually do get to get together and hunt, you know, because we're all spread out and kind of doing our own things in our own States. Those times when we were able to come together dream season, a couple dream season hunts. And, you know, I've been, you know, obviously living in southwestern Pennsylvania, I've reached out a lot into other states and hunting with other team members. So I cherish those times, just being a part of the family and getting to do that when we are able to get together. Was that the year that was it Odell and Reisner came into camp with a deer that they had just killed in Iowa or something that it, in that first camp at John Williams? And yeah. We rolled into Missouri and we had these big plans. We were going to do these hunts on, on uh, public ground. And then last minute, I think it was Craig Olson found out, I don't think we're allowed to do that. And so we had to pivot real quick to private ground. Of course, so, of course, so down Reisner, they, you know, Dave climbed the tree and they shot like 147 inch deer rolling right into camp. And we're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Craig and Deb were on that season as well. So you're right. What you're referring to is in Missouri, we weren't allowed to. So the plan was 
it was going to be a big public land hunt and we were all figuring out yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we were all staying in the same camp together. We called it the, uh, the roost, I think the roost house or yeah. Birdhouse, something like so, that it was John Williams place. It wasn't, it was old then <laughs> seen better days at that point. But what we found out was you can't film in Missouri. You can't film on public ground for, uh, financial commercial, gain, yeah. commercial use, which it was a TV show. It was obviously commercial use. So, uh, I think we then teamed up with Kevin Smalls, uh, KT trophies hunts or something like that. I forget what his business name was. Yeah. We kind of spread out into the, you know, John Williams ground, you know, we kind of had a competition who gets to hunt where, yeah. And, uh, you know, so we, we made the best of, of it, weather was tough and I, I killed the only I killed a doe. That was the only deer we killed in, on that Missouri hunt. Oh, Think about this. A brand new TV show. You know, we're trying to put our best effort into it. First big hunt. A lot of, you know, a lot of time, money, effort going into everybody sure. coming into yeah. camp together. Killed one deer, a, a doe. Yeah. <laughs> but it's mean streets. But Dave and John had killed this buck the like the night before. Did they film it in Iowa? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a it's an awesome hunt. I'll actually never forget the hunt because yeah. it the deer was downwind. And so back then it was um, our like first year with Simp Locker. And so the big okay. thing were the the dream season. Well, I don't even think we had the dream season suit at that point. It was just their not. their whole you know system carbon sure. the carbon system back then and. Uh, um, so this deer walks downwind of Dave. And if I remember right, there's these, it's, it's like a pretty probably October day, like fall, the, the fall yeah, leaves were turning yellow leaves. And he shoots this deer and he looks back on camera and he pulls out his wind checker and he starts puffing it. And it goes right to where the deer was, wow. and he, you know, he plugged the spots yeah, and all that stuff. Cool. And, uh, and so they then come into camp the next day with this deer, like, like, Tough, mm -hmm. you know, look at me, yep. tough guys. I'll never forget. There's a shot of John Frank getting out of his truck <laughs> and he looks so pissed, <laughs> which was typical <laughs> of John Frank. You know, it's just, he was a character. John oh, was yeah. our character. Sure. And, uh, yeah. and, and it wasn't, he wasn't putting on like that was just his, his actual demeanor a yeah. lot of times. And, and anyways, it was a big stink whether or not this deer was even going to count towards, you know, the competition. Yeah. And it was, it was fun. It was just a fun, fun times. And, and, uh, th those, those early days of dream season, we've talked about it before, but those were some of the best times we've had in the company's history because it was like, like Rick saying, we had no idea what we were doing. We were trying to figure it out as yeah. we go. We had a general idea. Mark liked the show survivor, you know, at the time okay. that was yeah, brand yeah. new and, and American Idol was brand new. So it was trying to like these reality shows that was a brand new thing in the, in 0304 kind of time frame, mm -hmm. And that was kind of what we modeled it off of. And there was a big stink because, you know, should hunting be a competition and which that's followed us for 20 years now, you know? Yeah. And, and I think people now, hell, you look at like the quest hunt goes and, and all those types of, of things. And it's, a it's, you know, that's like the, hip thing to do now yeah. you know it's like hey i'm gonna jump into this competition so the problem is if you lose respect for the animal if it just becomes a token in yes. the larger game that's yeah. a problem that was the concern from the public at the time like yeah or they do this seems like you're hunting for the wrong reasons and it really wasn't that because in camp amongst the group you guys were it was all maybe other than john frank it was pretty much a camaraderie it was a competition it was camaraderie. we even on that hunt um 
you know, I, if not, I'm trying to remember, I think it was the Missouri hunt. We even made a decision late in that week. We just switched up partners. Yeah. Mm. And in actually Greg Day filmed Odell miss a deer. And, uh, you know, we did, we did that a couple times, you know, during the season, you know, we got together late that year in Alabama for our last time. Yeah. Um, you know, it really was for the, for the most part camaraderie, you know, and fun, you know, but a heck of a lot of work. If you can imagine spending an entire season, you know, you're out there trying all of this hunt in multiple states and you're laying down everything behind the scenes during the hunts, you know, you, you ended up with, a, and at that time, right, there were tape cameras, mountains of these tapes that we had to log and, you know, then get into the studio and, you know, all those teams sending it in and trying to sort that out into a show, man, it was a lot of work, but a lot of fun. Well, there was something like, you know, 500 hours of footage yeah. or, you, you know, and, and, and you get basically there's 13 uh, episodes that are, you know, when all the commercials and all this, the stuff you have to do, the business side of it's done, you might have, you know, 15 to 18 minutes of hunting, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's really, it's only a 23 minute show. Right. And, uh, it, it, it's a lot to go through. We'd, we'd burn out editors left and right in those, you know, can the only first decade of dream season. It was just, it was a monster. It really mm -hmm. was a monster to try to produce and edit and, and expensive. And, you know, I, but looking back, you know, then the dream season suit kind of formed out, out of that, I think in year two and our partnership with catch a dream, started there in year two it formed okay. from uh um oh jason uh they were from wisconsin i thought it was brian thompson brian thompson and jason franzen was his partner yeah. and they came up with the idea of, of of going and they hunted with a catch dream child and they set all this up mm. on their own and if they won they were going to donate kind of their, their winnings to it and that formed the entire catch a dream relationship wow. with Drury outdoors. So there, it, it, a lot has, as Marty, Dr. Marty Brunson from catch a dream always says it's a ripple effect Yeah, and it's crazy what, you know, what comes out of a, you know, and a simple idea to try to produce a reality TV show. You know, yeah. that's how I actually ended up on where Greg and I ended up on the first dream season uh, is it, it, Brian and Jason were supposed to be on and uh, remember, Brian fell out of a tree yep. in Montana. And I get a phone call from Mark and said, hey, uh, want to be on Dream Season? <laughs> well, you got any more stupid questions? <laughs> I actually didn't remember that. I didn't remember. I remember Brian falling because it was his last name was Thompson and uh, he Thompson fell Falls. at Thompson Falls. Oh, geez. Yeah. The, like no, like Lou Gehrig getting Lou Gehrig's disease. What are the, what are the odds? <laughs> that's crazy. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it, it, I forgot though. That's so that's why you guys got the call up. Yeah. A couple yeah, of PA that's... boys joining the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, who would have ever figured, right? Did you guys end up, what'd you end up killing that year? Um, we did kill a couple PA bucks. You know, I killed that big old doe in Missouri. We hey. party there. You know, the last hunt of the year, um, we, uh, you know, Craig and I both on the same night uh, missed giant Alabama whitetails. That's I had right. just got in the tree and uh, Eric Booth and Booty was filming me. And literally, I didn't even have my anything up. And here comes, I mean, it was pushing 160 inches. Oh, boy. 
walked right in and I had just put my coat on and I drew back on a deer. My whole coat hung in front of the, uh, the string and I shot it about knocked me out of the tree. <laughs> and I mean, I, it was, I was dumbfounded. This deer was 18 yards. I mean, I had him dead to rights going to shoot the biggest deer of the, of the show. And uh, he ran out of my life. And that same night, Craig missed a, a buck pushing close to 150. Cause I think we thought, you know, we were so burned out. Mm-hmm. By by that, Craig, Greg, and I got down there late um, due to a big snowstorm, and they had already done the one tree hanging competition. And you know, we got we had to rush in and do that. And John Frank, he unhooked the straps and put them on backwards. So when we got up in the tree, they were all jacked up. And <laughs> oh, screw us. Anyway, <laughs> enough about John. But then you know, we we just thought ah, we're going to Alabama. We're just going to see a bunch of spikes. Ah, but it'll be fun. You know, and sure enough, I mean, everybody saw big deer on that. I think it was Portland Landing. Yeah, Mossy Oaks Place. Anymore, you know, but it was amazing. And, uh, but it was the end of a long road. I remember your reaction vividly because you had a dumbfounded look like, did that just happen? I can't believe that just I had not missed it. I don't know that I'd ever missed a deer, um, honestly, to that point. But uh, I was just... I still am. I still can't watch that to this day. I'm going to have to go back and look at it. So if you want to watch it, it's over on MOTV. So they have our, our dream season libraries over on MOTV right now. And, uh, it'd be dream season, season one. And that'd be episode 13, 12 or 13, probably. I think it was the last one. Yeah. Brutal. (laughs) Brutal. (laughs) Hey, that's, that's where the journey started. That's crazy. It's been a long road ever since. That's right. Man, fun times. And Other than that. <laughs> my, I, I think my yeah. first like major exposure to Dre Outdoors was Bow Madness on Outdoor Channel. Yeah. And and I, I loved watching Rick. Like Rick is so coherent in his hunts. Like unlike the rest well, of the guys. Well, well when I when I try to say <laughs> something about what I'm doing or what's happening in the tree, I just feel like I'm like my brain is full of mud, but I, I, I learned so much. It just seems to have such a presence of mind. Like I, I kind of, I, I just, I so appreciated and continue to appreciate your state of mind, like your clarity and just how well you can think through what you're doing. And then like, then portray that to other people. Cause it's one thing to be able to do something, but to be able to explain it and help teach other people, like that's just a totally different level. So I, I've always appreciated that about you and that was part of my itchy <laughs> trigger finger. That was that was part of my exposure to like the Jury Outdoors brand. Like this is what we stand for. Yeah, you're not a doucher. That was he's not. <laughs> it's true. If anyone thought he was, he's but not. You don't say that. <laughs> I appreciate that tip. No, I mean, you know, you know what it's like to try to, you know, we're not filming hunts, right? We're filming. We're telling stories. We're filming shows and. You know, I think that's what set us apart from the beginning. And you see, even those that have broken off and gone their own ways, you know, they've learned so much, I think, from the Drury Road, if you will, and on how we how you tell a story. And I think we're always trying to learn and teach, um, you know, as we do that. And, you know, I've, I've had the challenge, Matt. We joke all the time, you know, I'm, I'll pinch myself and humble to be a part of this family for so long. But, you know, coming out of southwestern Pennsylvania, you know, I... I'm not that guy that's sitting out there in the Midwest or, you know, Texas or what have you, you know, that's got that great home ground. So I've always had to travel, you know, always had to coordinate and plan, you know, for multiple state hunting and in partnering up to do that. So it takes a lot of preparation and, uh, and a lot of help, 
for sure. And, you know, mm-hmm. to, to be successful in that, you know, that's, uh, that's just the way of the world for me. Do you do much hunting there in PA? I have not hunted here in, in Pennsylvania for, for several years. I had a lease here when we were on dream season one, you know, I've actually ironically killed my biggest deer, um, you know, in Pennsylvania, just right at 170 inches. The year before, I really partnered up with Jerry Outdoor. Went <laughs> that downhill <laughs> since. Yeah, that's I know. a I'm on a roll here. Hammer in your hands, how many, yep. how many deer you don't kill? But um, no, it was actually a really good place. You know, the, the two areas in Pennsylvania where biggest deer are coming out of around, you know, the western side around Pittsburgh, those counties that surround Pittsburgh, and then on same around Philadelphia on the east side. A lot of suburban hunting, you know, obviously it's big rural country in Pennsylvania, but a lot of, a lot of hunters, a lot of rifle hunters. And, um, you know, I just decided to put, you know, my time and dollars into areas where, you know, I think management has been better, you know, like Ohio, it's been shotgun, um, up until recent years forever in one buck state. So, um, you know, being an hour and 20 minutes away, you know, that the lease I had in PA, they kept selling pieces of it off and, and it just got to be cost prohibitive and, and not really um, worth it. So if I found the right piece, you know, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, run after something in PA again. But right now, you know, I've, I've leased ground in, you know, Iowa, in Ohio, and, and really try to invest in the Midwest as much as, as possible. I just love it out there. And, you know, I think the odds are better. Sure. This is not the question of the day, but it is a good question. Um, why don't most people say the word Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. PA sounds cooler. Agreed. I know. I don't say OH, right? So. <laughs> 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 Heading to MO. <laughs> What's wrong with yeah, you? Let's go to IA. <laughs> How does your brain work? Yee. <laughs> <laughs> No one knows. (laughs) 13 people listen. All right. Let's jump into the question of the day. You ready for this, Rick? Yeah, sure. All right. The question today is proudly brought to you by Cold Steel, professional hunting knives for real hunters. Hi, my name is Taylor Johnson, and uh, I just want to know, Tim, how long does it take you to get into your cycling leotard? Thanks. <laughs> this must go by with the the e-bike theme of the show. <laughs> Somebody wants to know how long it takes Tim to get into his cycling leotard. If you follow Tim on Instagram, you know that he actually usually isn't even wearing a shirt <laughs> for some reason all summer long. It's hot. I yeah. sweat a lot. Yeah. Something. <sighs> so there's Taylor, really, that, that really wasn't a good question. Taylor doesn't sound smart. <laughs> Just gonna say that. Do you know Taylor? Taylor's one of our dear cast writers. Uh, <laughs> but hey, at least he left a question of the day. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks for the question, Taylor. No thanks for being a jackass. Oh, boom! Just got burned. So, how do you get into that leotard? Well, one leg at a time. This also Land Lakes margarine is involved because mm. you got to squeeze into those things. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Nor well. No, I wouldn't know. <laughs> you right. almost said too much. Now let's dive into something more serious. The wildlife the wild word. Wildlife word. Okay. The wildlife word is brought to you by the American Hunting Lease Association, your hunting access resource. Okay. 
Okay, so this is a multiple choice. What summertime phenomenon isn't usually seen when bucks don't make it past two and a half years old? So when bucks are killed too early, you don't have a whole lot of mature bucks. Is this a PA question? (laughs) It could be. What summertime phenomenon isn't usually seen? Is it A, you don't see fawns bedded during daylight hours? B, you don't see deer in bean fields at dusk? C, you don't get that nasty sweat on the backside of your knees when you're sitting too long with your shorts on? Or D, bachelor groups? Okay, Rick, you got to go first because you're the guest. <laughs> I'm stumped. Fawns better during well, daylight. If it's a Pennsylvania answer, you just really don't see any. Deer. <laughs> <They're> just <laughs> not around. I'm, I'm guessing it's D there, guys. Bachelor groups. Okay, that's, that's, that's what his. I was thinking. Was okay, D. yeah, yeah, that's right. Nice job, guys. Yeah, you win. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Whammy. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting that as deer mature, that's when they start to form those summertime bachelor groups that are only allowable because their testosterone levels are lower. But as the daylight hours shorten and those testosterone levels rise, obviously they tolerate each other's presence less and less and start to become more solo. Yeah, man, this this new peak piece that I've, I've talked about a little bit before, but that uh, Aaron Bennett and I picked up, we got some cell cameras out there and there's a couple of bachelor groups running around some big deer mm. together. And it's like, oh, it's really, all right. It's like, all right, it's, we're getting close now. <laughs> you wish we had a September one opener to take advantage of that bachelor group, the, the predictability of their patterns, but yeah. they just dematerialize on September 14th. I've just never been able to, I almost don't even hunt anymore early September. September or well from September 15th through the th- the 30th because it just they usually for me it seems like they disappear during that period. They do. Now, I'm pretty crappy hunter, I get it, but I don't these guys that are, you know, always killing them right out of the gates like phew, they really must have them patterned. Well, I I mm-hmm. mean, I feel like I have them patterned well and then then that pattern just blows out the window and it usually for me it takes, you know, in October to you know, a good cold front for mm-hmm. yeah. for them to materialize back onto a food plot basically. Sure. So there it is. Well, but if you hunted more on September 15th and on, you would have more of a chance. I hear you, but that's what you do. And you never kill early no, either. I didn't this past year, kind of on your advice. And my target buck was under my stand in front of a camera on September oh, 15th. We're going to bring up it's, old stuff now. <laughs> I've for, totally forgotten about it. It's not a big deal. Well, whatever. <laughs> you suck, Matt. <laughs> Don't listen to me. Don't I take- would never listen to me when it comes to hunting that advice. That was your first mistake. <laughs> yeah. It's really on you for being a dummy. <laughs> well, this year, I'm going to be in my stand at 6 o'clock Good in the luck. morning on September 15th. This year, I am not again this year, unless it's like a major cold front mm-hmm. comes through. There's no way I'm going to hunt on that day. <laughs> yeah. It's going to depend on what the cell, well, what the trail cameras are showing. The uh, This year, I got a Kansas tag. Early season muzzleloader Kansas tag, mm-hmm. and I think it's the season's like September 18th through the 30th. So I and I picked that because it's like ah, I never have any luck in Missouri that time frame. Might anyways, as well, yeah, make the most. So of might it. as well try something else. This will be the yeah. year that, like you, something shows up right in front of the stand. But I don't care. Whatever this Kansas piece I'm going to, he's got some absolute giants. Not like nothing I've ever been able to hunt. So the, the weird thing about that season is it seems so darn hot, and you're holding a gun and you're dressed in blazers. Like it's yeah. just like cognitive dissonance to be doing that. And 
Yeah, I'm a little worried because he sent me a message the other day. He's like, yeah, we may have to just leave your camera guy back in like a blind and then you and I have spot and stalk. And I'm like, oh, with a gun. Perfect. Can't wait. <laughs> like, this seems like something I'm not equipped to do. <laughs> Looking forward to getting out of the old comfort I can't wait to see zone. the footage. Yeah, should be stellar. And I want to see you in blaze orange shorts. <laughs> yeah. <this> sounds horrible. <laughs> okay. Well, Rick, thanks for hopping on. I, it, it's a, it's a shame that we haven't had you on before. Like, I, I can't believe that. This is a misstep on Tim's part. <laughs> What's that, Rick? I said, I appreciate you guys having me oh, on. It's yeah. been my debut. Yeah. We'll have you on in another couple of years and hopefully you're going <laughs> to kill her two by then and be able to talk strategy in Ohio and PA. PA. <laughs> no, let's talk something. Let's talk something West. Hey, you, are you going out West at all this year? I know Texas. I drew Iowa. Oh, you did. I drew Iowa. So definitely going to, it's going to spend some time out there for sure. So um, I was, t- I too was really trying to put something together for Kansas and uh, just didn't come together, but uh, you know, was, was hoping that with the number of points I had, I'd draw Iowa, which I did. So looking forward to that. I'm dying to know how many points did you have? Well, I, I had, I drew it with um, this would have been my third, but remember I'm in up with Dave and East, you know, central Ohio. I've never drawn that in any further south. Iowa. Yeah. What zone is that? Eight. Okay. Because I tried four. I had four points and got denied. Next year is your year. Oh, hopefully. I mean, they said this year, uh, I think, is the reasoning was a lot of people from last year didn't go or didn't put in because of COVID. Uh. And they had a bunch of points, too. So it, it made the draw odds even worse. Sure. So for sure. So we'll we'll be out there for sure. And I'll see you guys here in a few weeks. Yeah, we got our big di- Drury Outdoors Digital Summit coming up at the end of August. Digital and, in person. Yes. That's and, crazy. Uh, so not everybody gets invited, just the cream of the crop like Rick mm-hmm. here. It's virtual and it's in <laughs> oh, person. Yeah. Cream of the what? <laughs> We should, uh, we should remind people that we've got the, uh, the podcast with Dr. Grant Woods and Mark Drury coming up. This is a house of learned doctors. <laughs> I think, I think we all like, if we're in the presence of Dr. Woods, I think we're all considered doctors at that point. That's Actually, how that works. He, he makes me feel even more dumb than normal. Uh, dumb, dumber, <laughs> I think is the, the I term. said even more dumb. <laughs> <laughs> You're so correct. But we're going to be talking about the potential uh, impact that Neonix, which is a, a which is in seed code. Nudnik? Like, not that. <laughs> You're a Nudnik. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it's a seed coating. It, it's a it's an insecticide that's built into um, seeds. And, uh, and, and there's concern that maybe it's having an impact on wild turkey populations. So this is this is kind of the leading edge of this research and this concern. Uh, so we're going to kick it around a little bit. And we we posted it on Deercast an article that Dr. Grant Woods put in and then and then we pushed that out to social and I had pushed it over to my Facebook page, the, the Matt Drury page. And I had a guy who got pretty mad at me <laughs> about it. He's a farmer and you know he's like, yeah, we, you know, you guys need to look 
inside of hunting first it's not farmers that are let's see, you know over killing of turkeys during turkey season you know and, and he kind of cited all the reasons that hunters have been talking about like big bag limits and uh fur predators. trading kind of going yeah. down and yeah pr- predator pre- uh, nest predation all those things and it's like yes those are factors too but this is a i mean pretty groundbreaking stuff and and makes a lot of sense when you really think about it too mm-hmm. so i look forward to uh, dr grant woods talking about it a little more in depth and and diving into this because it's a concern that you know any diehard turkey hunters like man that yeah. you look around and it just you're not seeing the number of turkeys that you once did and it seems like it's the last five to ten years and that's you know although these seeds have been around forever really in the last decade it's become a more readily acceptable practice that almost all farmers are using so it you certainly see the correlation of that increase going up with the per, you know the population of turkeys going down it's not just turkeys it's it's other um other wildlife as well so really people don't even need to listen because you just encapsulated it perfectly. Probably just like what Dr. Grant Probably Woods better would have said. Dr. Grant Woods. That's right. Maybe I am a doctor. This is a house of learned doctors. Yeah. <laughs> Rick's like, can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got anything to do. He's just sitting in a hotel room. <laughs> He's going to go hit the fitness center in a little bit here. Or the bar. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Okay. Oh, well, if you're not here. part of the 100% Wild Podcast crew, make sure you head over to Facebook and hop in there and join. In the what fun. do you do? Just search the group search in the search toolbar for. Yeah, go to the search toolbar www.facebook.com <laughs> and type in 100% Wild Podcast <laughs> Crew. We'll link it in the notes also. And uh, yeah, answer the membership questions. Basically, we're looking for people to get in there, make fun of Tim, give us questions of the day, and then Uh, make fun mm -hmm. of Tim. Well. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you've never been on a podcast before. (laughs) I can't wait to do this again. I am definitely bringing some pedos to the next one. Now, I'll say this. If you get invited to someone else's podcast, it's not probably quite like this. No, yeah, they'll do a real show. <laughs> don't don't come with your own fart sounds. <laughs> I would have expected nothing different. <laughs> you know what it was? Uh, I got too comfortable. I fancy. <laughs> all right, we've gotten fancy enough. We probably ought to shut this thing down. What do you all say? Right. I think so. We've all said right. it all here today. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs> I think so. Hey, guys. See you, Rick. See you. All Take right. Care. Peace out. DeerCast is giving you the chance to hunt with Mark and Terry Drury. Head over to DeerCast.com to enter.